0: come to a session this morning where personally i wasn't too eager to speak (laughs) but then one of the very wonderful moments in church's life is when Garrett spoke a minute ago i turned to beth and said this is really amazing Because Gareth just mentioned the topic I was going to preach on. And he has no idea that I was going to talk about the resurrected life of Christ. Church, let's not take our gathering for granted. And God's presence being in our midst. Amen? God is working in your life. Whether you like it or not. He is. But it's up to you yielding to him, yielding towards him. And that is the challenge for all of us. This morning, I'm so excited once again. I mean, each time I stand here, I'm excited to speak to the church. Because I deem it a big privilege to share with us because it gives me the opportunity to reevaluate my own work with the Lord, to recheck my understanding. And this morning, I'm continuing on our All for Jesus series from John chapter 19. But I may not approach it reading in a chronological order. And that talks about the death of Jesus Christ. But there's some key people, key personalities in John chapter 19. I may be mentioning them. And one of such persons is... Nicodemus the other is Mary Magdalene and as we've been through this journey in the gospel of John it's one of the longest series we've had I believe in in Raglan Road and in my own study I've had to spend some time reading these scriptures and doing some unlearning we don't always learn. We, we unlearn sometimes. Challenging some of my own thoughts and understanding. Correcting my perspective on who Jesus is. And daily literally walking about and asking him to make me better. Because I have one or two of such flaws. No. No. Mom, Mom, yeah. <laughs> I know why Mom is laughing. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm very hard on myself anyway, which is good. But Jesus teaches me that. And the reason why I'm, I'm highlighting this is because one such person in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, shall we read, please? Verse 1 to 5. And the Bible says, there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was also a Pharisee. If you want to know his credentials, they've told you he's a leader, he's a Pharisee. Um, he 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 was a leader, a Jewish religious leader, and a Pharisee. You you see his credentials there. Now, if you continue, he says that after one dark evening, why not daylight? But one dark evening, he came to speak with Jesus, say Rabbi. We all know that you've been sent from God to teach us your miraculous signs and evidence that God is with you. You see, Jesus never had people doubting the miraculous signs and wonders he was doing. Jesus never had people doubting who he was in those days. But you come to this, our day and age, and people are reluctant in following him, in in giving their all to him. But we see this man who was so powerful and yet had questions. He had doubts. And, and couldn't even walk in the daylight because of the fear of criticism. But comes to Jesus. Shall we read on? Now, he says that Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, the verse 4 says that he questioned and said, what what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus, how can a man go back to his mother's womb and be born again? Uh, Jesus replied in verse 5, saying, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the spirit gives birth to spiritual life. What has this got to do with the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? I will leave you to answer that question, or we will answer that question at some point. But the point here is that this is a man who had doubts, who had questions, but couldn't ask anyone. But had to sneak into the the presence of Jesus to ask. Him said questions. Now, as you follow through on the ministry of Jesus to the point that he was killed in John chapter 19. Now, if you read John chapter 19, verse 38 to 40, the Bible says, And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, begged of Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. Then He came and took the body of Jesus, verse 39, and Nicodemus also, who at the first came to Jesus by night. So it's now referring to John chapter 3. And brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes after about 100 pounds. Now verse 40 says, then he took the body of Jesus and wound it with linen and spices and in the custom of the Jews to bury him. Now, if you link the two scriptures... This is a man who had questions, doubts from the beginning. But the key thing is, after the encounter with Jesus, he did not stop following him. And that is the, 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 the core of my message. Do you have doubts and questions yourself? Has those doubts been corrected? Have those questions been answered you could be as powerful as a business executive a good wife a good husband whoever you may be you will have questions you may have some doubts is it clarified jesus said except you are born again are you really born again have you allowed what it means to encounter know him be part of you because he's going to set you on a journey onto the point of his resurrection life becoming evident in your life i'll be naming another person called mary magdalene now if you read the gospel of john it's not very clear that mary magdalene was the woman caught in adultery because the point of john is not to give credence to people or credentials to people but it was to show who jesus is as the god himself bible says his name shall be wonderful counselor mighty god he is the mighty god in isaiah so the point in john is to talk about who jesus is and not the individual so she wasn't pointed to clearly as the woman caught in adultery. But as you read other synoptic gospels, you see that she one time had seven demons in her. Things that were controlling her life to the extent that she did things she didn't want to do. But then, one time she was brought into the presence of Jesus expecting to be condemned expecting to be to be stoned to death but look at what jesus did neither do i condemn you but go and sin no more does it mean mary magdalene never sinned again possibly not we all have flaws and variety of mistakes in our lives. But what it means to never sin anymore is that we don't allow the worldly influence, the things that make us slave to sin, to control us. And if we can do that, then we would have to allow his life to be poured in our hearts. You see, Jesus tells the, the man at the pool of Bethsaida in John chapter 5. The man had been lying down for 38 years. So obviously, he's not a sinner going around and doing all sorts of things. But after taking up his mat and walking, Jesus says, be careful that you don't sin again. So sin is not just the things you do with, with your body and how all sort of worldly influence, but even the pattern of your thinking can be sinful. But Jesus gives us the opportunity that when we align our life with him, he reshapes our thoughts. He loves us for who we are. But he also wants us, he has something in mind for us. Jesus sees a potential in you. He sees the person he created you to be. And so wants a part of you, a fellowship with him, a relationship with him, so that he can shape in your life to make you look like him. And so Nicodemus comes to him with that question. And I have no doubt in my mind that in the intervening years and in the intervening time, Nicodemus becomes a disciple who learns of Jesus, who listens to Jesus. May I remind you that that is our call, to be disciples of Jesus, reading about him, fellowshipping with him, praying to him, asking him to influence our life. Otherwise, our sitting here may just be a religious activity or maybe a social gathering where you come and get entertained. But it goes beyond that. May I ask you this afternoon that how is your relationship with him? Have you truly committed your all, your life and asking him to amplify in you, give you more desire for him, that he will empower you to live that old ways and to be fruitful for him. And that is a challenge and a call for all our lives, all of us. And and look, God has called each and every one of us individually. It's a call for all of us. It's a challenge to all of us. Each of us is going to account for it. Let's not take it for granted. Now we see this woman caught in adultery, standing before him, expected to be judged, expected to be condemned, but Jesus never did. I wonder why people don't flock to him, don't don't follow him, because he doesn't condemn. Nobody ever came to Jesus and was condemned. And was rejected. He makes you a better person. And I believe that when Mary was told that go and sin no more. She also became a disciple of Jesus. To understand that the the gospel account tells us that one time she had to pour oil, perfumery on Jesus. She loved Him so much that she had affection, godly affection for Jesus, to pour her all onto Jesus. And apparently Jesus said, that was in preparation for his burial. And you know what happened eventually? Bible said at one time, when Jesus rose from the dead in John chapter 21, in John chapter 20 actually, Verse 17 going in. He appeared to this woman who was an outcast, whom people did not accept, whom the world was expecting her to be stoned. Now, I'm saying this to you because when the world is expecting nothing of us, when they are expecting us to fail, and we come to this Jesus. He makes us a better people. He reveals himself to us to the point that his resurrected power is revealed to us. Hallelujah. I pray that you will walk in his resurrected power. In his resurrected power, you overcome your past. In his resurrected power, you don't become who you are. You become who he wants you to be. You announce him. You proclaim him. You speak about him. He becomes your passion. Look at a woman caught um, at the well. You see, when you study scripture carefully, that woman at the well brought revival to Africa. From Samaria. Remember, the Bible said, You shall be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and yes, into the out- outermost part of the world. Is that woman that sparked revival in Samaria to the extent that the Spirit of God had to bring um, Philip there to set the rev- revival up. And when the Ethiopian um, eunuch came to Jerusalem to worship, that the, the, he was sort of giving a better understanding of scriptures. It all started from Samaria. And eventually, revival was caught in Ethiopia And Ethiopia is part of Africa. It started spreading towards the west. It all started by the encounter at the well. So do not take your questions into yourself. That woman had questions. That woman at the well had issues. But by encountering Christ, by allowing Christ to reveal himself to her, she becomes a brand new being altogether to the extent that she left her jar behind and ran with a new course. Sometimes we must leave what we are carrying behind because it's not making us any good and carry the passion of Christ. This morning I want to ask you about your own passion and your own zeal for the things of God, for Christ Himself, for God Himself. I pray that you are not engrossed in in the modern trend. In the modern trend, on the Facebook and the YouTube's, we are becoming god of ourselves, of following other people. Lately, in some of the African um, clips, you see you see people eating eating all kinds of food, and I look at the video, I say, this is from the pit of hell. The video is such that, why do I have to sit and watch somebody gobble food, eating and eating? What does that make me? But that is what is presented to us. People doing all kinds of things, distracting us from following God. And so you need to ask the Spirit of God to help you put those things in check. That's what the Bible talks about, being born of water and of the Spirit. In fact, don't don't think being born of water is water baptism. And so if, if I've not been baptized, then I'm not following Christ. No, that's not it. Being born of water is related to the Word of God because the Bible describes the Word of God as water. Washing us, washing our minds by the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus Christ is talking about. How is your own desire towards the Word of God? When was the last time you sat down and said, Lord, speak to me by your Word? How is your prayer life going? Because you must have the Word and the Spirit affecting you? How's your prayer topic like, Lord, make me an influence in my society? It's not just coming and going and living by the day to while away the time and watch all the videos and do all the kinds of things. But this morning, I pray that God will birth in you and new passion for him so that his resurrected life becomes part of you so that you live a life of victory moving from grace onto grace from one level onto the other sometimes we, we're not permitted to say too much about these things but we come from a past god has delivered us from delivered us delivered me from my own past those who know me from those old backgrounds can testify that this is a brand new guy. Because I'm not whom I used to be anymore. Because I've allowed Christ Jesus to take away the brokenness and give him me a new life. Can you say the same? That I was once blind, but now I see. As John chapter 9 will tell us. The blind man, the guy was born blind. But he says, by encountering Jesus, now I can see. Can you now see? Have you come to a point where you say, I I used to do these things, but by following Jesus, oh, my mind is made up. And that is what I pray for you. That newness of life will come to you. That God will use you in blessing other lives, in changing other people's story. We don't live for ourselves. God is using us in our professions, in our coming together, in preparing tea, and in speaking here, and in sweeping around, and arranging the chairs. God is using that in transforming other people's lives. Which of them are you doing? Sometimes you come around and you look around and it's as if the work is for only one or two people. Only a selected few. This morning may I announce to you that God has called you. I'm not speaking about the resurrection in the traditional way and Jesus was crucified and he rose again from the dead. I can bore you with a thousand scriptures on those. I can. Go back into the Old Testament and talk about Zechariah, chapter 6, verse 12, what the Bible says, and God said, behold the man, whom the um, the chief priest also said, yeah, behold the man. He didn't even know he was talking about prophecy. can go through all that but i want to ask you this morning please rethink your following jesus become a disciple of him asking him to speak to you by his word spending time quality time reading the scripture and your own little ways two minutes five minutes 10 minutes for those who can go one hour. Pray for the revival of the church. Pray for the revival of the saints. Pray for revival and salvation in your own homes. And if you have questions and if you have doubts, sometimes some parents are dragged to church by their children. That's the honest truth. If it had not been their children, they wouldn't be here. If it had not been your your husband, you probably won't come. Or if it had not been your wife, you probably won't come. When we get to that point, it simply means our love for this Jesus is fading. But David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This morning, develop your passion for him so that his resurrected life we're coming to you. I look at what Garrett and others have spoken and the messages they've prepared, the amount of time that is gone in. It's, it's not for a public show, but it is that the saints will be built up, will be unified, will have enthusiasm, will learn, will speak. You do your own discoveries. Come and share with the wider church. This morning, my prayer is that the resurrected life of Jesus will be awakened in you. That you receive newness of strength. That you have a new desire for him. That you will ask him to help you fulfill his purpose concerning you. That he will give you the new grace to study his word, to pray, to prioritize your relationship with him. Because sometimes you wake up and before you realize the day is gone and another day will come and you've not had effective relationship with him. Sometimes you think it's, it's, the job is for others to do. But this morning I remind you that it is yours for you to do as well. You have a call on your life. You do. God has called you. God has called you. As you go to your home this morning, um, uh, your home this afternoon, remind yourself that I have a calling on my life. may not be as clear as wearing some priestly color and maybe standing here all the time, but wherever you are, God has called you. And he's called you all the way to his tomb so that his resurrection power will be revealed in you. Amen. Shall we bow as we think through these things? I don't know what you've heard, but my prayer this morning is to, not to make you uncomfortable, but is to set you on the road to rethinking your relationship with him. I don't know how long you've been a Christian for. It could be one month, it could be 30 years. But if you don't develop your relationship with him, you will follow Jesus from afar. But Jesus wants you to follow him closely. So he pours into you. Could be a very old Christian and still not very confident to even pray. That is okay, as long as you are going to ask Jesus to teach you, help you, open your eye to his word. Ask his spirit to speak to you, remind you, energize you, reveal to you who he is, what he's called you for. You want to pray? You want to pray? Your prayer is that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. That I will understand you. That I will be renewed for you. Give me a fresh desire. You know, our All for Jesus series, we've said several things about Jesus. He's wonderful. You can't get him out of your mind. You can only focus on him and be refreshed each time i think of jesus i get so excited because he delivered me from the chain of alcoholism i used to smoke (laughs) like lord have mercy i have bald head now but i used to have rasta on my head i'm telling you I've been to the cemeteries before because I used to be a spiritualist. Occultism is what I used to do. I womanized a lot before I came to Christ. I've got all sort of marks on me because we did all kinds of things. But Christ saved my life. He redeemed me from the clutches of Satan and empowered me to be a child of God. And I want to follow him closely. Read his word. Make corrections in my life. If you are struggling, if you have doubts, if you have questions, May he empower you this afternoon. May he strengthen you. In Jesus' name, amen.